0: Hello, everyone. I'm Marvin Fan for Fantline, And blessings to you for checking out today's podcast. Over here. Now, get the camera right in his face. I want it right as close as you can get him up. Now, this man is considered by this society as a black man. Put the camera on this one. This man is considered by our society as a black man. Now, you got to be deaf, dumb, blind, and dishonest not to see that there be a difference between them two. Now, I'm considered as a black man and put me right in the middle, and we got three different colors of black. Now, what I want to know, what I want to know is how or which color was Ham cursed? This color black, this color black, or this color black? Thank you. Hello, everyone. I'm Minister Marvin Fan. And in this episode of Race, Religion, and Racism with Dr. Apostle Fred Price, it's entitled, well, I entitled it Adam and Eve Was Not White. Scientifically and biblically speak, and Dr. Price goes into uh, a great amount of information that brings truth to light. Who Adam and Eve were, and that truth sets everyone free. And I'm sure you'll enjoy it, and please share it with others section on race. And we are asking the question and seeking an answer to where do we come from? How did we get here? Why, are there, why is there such a rainbow of coloring among humans? And how did it all begin? There are various uh, ideas about it and the racist establishment of this society and particularly in the beginning of our nation through the church, it has been promulgated down through time that Adam and Eve, and therefore uh, our original parents, were white. And all of our art has depicted them as white, all of the uh, so-called Renaissance art, all the European art, all of the Bible bookstore pictures that you see of Jesus, the apostles, Moses, Abraham, uh, dogs, fleas, and cats, everybody is white and uh, it is really a, an untruth. It has not been correctly presented to the world. I'm not interested, as I've said before, in trying to find everybody to be black. I've gone in my research, I've found some that everybody's black. I mean, everything is black. Even the sky is black, Ocean's black, the water is black, everything, God is black, angels are black, everything is black. Well, to me, that's going from one extreme to the other. All I want to do is find out what's the real story, and the Bible tells us, but we've got to get past of our preconceived ideas and prejudices to get to it. Last time we were dealing with a little basic biology to try to give some scientific validation to some things that we've already uh, found out from the standpoint of the Word of God. I said, and I think that our lesson today will prove it, that Adam and Eve, there is no way in this lifetime that Adam and Eve could have been white. It is a biological and scientific impossibility unless there are two different creations and believe it or not I hope to get to it I'm going to share some information with you today that implies that there is two different separate creations that the first creation was all white and the other creation is all the rest of us mongrels notice I included me in it I said us mongrels okay so don't get all right (laughs) hostile with me Now, I want to go back and pick up where I left off, and so I've got to do a little bit of review. Now, I'm I'm giving you uh, validatable information, uh, information that you can go check up for yourself. Because too long, preachers have been telling the sheep and the lamb certain things and giving them no basis in proof where they can go check it out. But I have done a lot of research, so I want to give you the benefit of my research so you can go check it out. Don't accept it because I said it. Don't accept it because it sounds good. Don't accept it because it sounds bad. Don't accept it because it sounds right. Don't accept it because it sounds wrong. Accept it because it's validatable and it squares up with the scripture. Now, in the Answers book, 1990, by Ken Ham, Andrew Snelling, and Carl Wheeling, and I, I apologize in the very beginning for any other names that I may use in this discourse today that I may not pronounce correctly. I'm pronouncing it to the best of my limited ability. So there's no intent in mispronouncing anyone's name. And a lot of times things are subject to somebody's interpretation anyway. I know some people that are named Suzanne, Susan, and some people call the same name Susan. They put a little thing on the top of it there, and they and it's all spelled the same way. So, you know, anyway. So uh, The Answers Book, 1990, by Ken Ham, Andrew Snelling, and Carl Whelan, Master Books, P.O. Box 16. 16- 06 El Cajon, California, 92022. All three authors are creation scientists with degrees in biology, geology, and medicine, respectively. I want to quote from this book because I believe they deal with this question of skin color in a very simple way. Even if you have no background in science of any kind, you will be able to understand their simple presentation. On pages 133 and 134, and I quote, it is easy to think that since different groups of people have yellow skin, red skin, black skin, white skin, and brown skin, there must be many different pigments or colors. The fact is, however, that there is only one skin color, melanin. This is a brownish pigment, which we all have in special cells in our skin. If we produce only a little melanin, it means that we will be European white. If our skin produces a great deal of melanin, we will be very deep black. And in between, of course, are all shades of brown, end of quote. The Answers book goes on to say pages 135, 136, 137. 141, 142, 143, 146, and 147, and I quote because I want to put all of this together. We also need to be aware that one is not born with a genetically fixed amount of melanin, but rather with a genetically fixed potential to produce a certain amount in response to sunlight. For example, if you are a Caucasian, you may have noticed that when your friends headed for the beach at the very beginning of summer, they may, if they spent all their time indoors during winter, have all been more or less the same pale white color. As the summer went on, however, some became much darker than others. In other words, they suntanned, they tanned, but you never see all white-skinned people tan to identically the same color of tan. There's differences in the tan because of that genetic fixing inside of them to determine how much melanin their skin will produce in response to sunlight. In very dark-skinned people, well, let me go back. Uh, <clears throat> as the summer went on, however, some became much darker than others. Every, even very dark-skinned races are not born with such a skin color. It takes exposure to sunlight to switch on the melanin, melanin factories in the skin i gave an illustration last Sunday of my daughter when she was born and most people can re, can, can relate to this yeah, even i mean most black people or people of color can relate to this most of our babies that are born are never born the same color they become when they're two three or four five years old they are born very light in some cases so light some questions arise On occasions, wondering now wait a minute here, but after exposure to light, then the melanin factories in the skin are turned on, and whatever their genetic disposition is, they will begin to turn that color up to the level of their genetic structure. Okay? It takes exposure to sunlight to switch on the melanin factories in the skin. In very dark-skinned people, the areas such as the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet, which are very rarely exposed to sunlight, generally stay much lighter than the rest of the body. Let's look at a few observations which can help us to explain how many different skin colors can arise in a short time. Because, see, we have to account for all these different shades of coloring in the world. Now, either God made them or they came from somewhere else. And if they came from somewhere else, then that means there's another God or another creator or something. And there are some that claim that there are that, that, that people came from a different place. Everybody came from the same source, and we'll find this out as we go along. Whenever we use such words as different colors, we are, strictly speaking, referring to different shades of the one color. If a person from a very dark race marries someone from a very white race, their offspring, called mulattoes, are mid brown. It has long been known that if people of mulatto descent marry, <laughs> their offspring may be virtually any color, ranging from very black to very white. And I gave you the other illustration about my wife's family. They had the, the mother was almost white, as white as a white person. And the father was very, very dark. They had 13 kids. 11 of those kids were all basically mid-brown like my wife, and one was almost white, and one was almost black. All came from the very same mother and father. So we see this and many families can relate the same uh, experience. Now, uh, understanding this gives us the clues we need for our overall question. So we must first look in a simple way at some of the basic facts of heredity. Each of us carries in our body information, which describes us in the way a blueprint describes a finished building. It determines not only that we will be human beings rather than cabbages or crocodiles, but it also, whether we will have, but it also, whether we will have, don't sound right. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me say it again. It determines not only that we will be human beings rather than cabbages or crocodiles, but also whether we will have blue eyes short nose long legs etc when a male sperm fertilizes an egg all of the information that specifies how the person will be built ignoring such superimposed factors as exercise and diet is already present the human blueprint is written in a code or language convention which is carried on a very long chemical call DNA. The word gene means a small part of that information which carries the instructions for only one feature. In the fertilized egg, where does all the information, its genes, come from? One half has come from the father, carried by the sperm, and the other half from the mother, carried in the egg. Genes come in matching. Pairs, say matching pairs. We know that skin color is governed by at least two, possibly more, sets of genes. Now, I want to pause for a moment and make an addendum here. <laughs> now, we're, re- we're reading from scientists, not Christians per se. They are Christian, but not from the standpoint of ministers of the gospel or preachers preaching from a pulpit or theologians teaching in the seminary. We're talking about scientists, biologists, medicine, geologists that are giving us information scientifically. And on top of all of that, these three gentlemen that wrote this book and that our scientists are mm-hmm. all white. So you know they're right. That was a joke. Don't take it personally. Don't get hostile, okay? Just wanted to release a little energy there. Now, we know that skin color is governed by at least two possibly more sets of genes. Let's call them, line one is capital A, capital B, with the correspondingly more silent genes, line two, please, an underline for me, highlight if you would, gentlemen, the correspondingly more silent genes, small A and small B. Now, the small letters in this case code for a small amount of melanin. So a very dark race, which on intermarriage kept producing only very dark, dark offsprings. They would be line three, please. They would be capital AABB. Remember, they come in pairs. okay? so it would be AABB capital. Now, the same situation for a very fair skin race would be, line 4, please, small AA, small BB. Remember that the capital A codes for a lot of melanin. The small A, small Bs codes for a small amount of melanin. Now, let's look at what combinations would result in a mulatto, the offspring of an, line 5, please, of an AABB, capital AA, capital BB, and a small AA, small BB union. In other words, if you put these two together, what would happen if two such mid-brown mulatto people were to marry? Surprisingly, we find that an entire range of color, from very white to very black, can result in only one generation. Beginning with this particular type, of mid-brown parents, those children born with, line six please, born with capital A-A, capital B-B, who are pure black in the sense of consistently having no other types of offspring, have no genes for lightness at all. I want you to pick up on this now. Listen, let me say that again and start thinking ahead about the others group and you'll be able to see something. Those children born with capital AABB, who are pure black in the sense of consistently having no other type of offspring, have no genes for lightness. Say that. Have no genes for lightness. If they were to marry and migrate to a place where their offspring could not intermarry, with people of different colors, all their children will be black. A pure black line will result. Those who are, line seven, please. Those who are small, a, a, no, follow this carefully. See, we wanna find out where we came from. We wanna find out what Adam and Eve were in the beginning. And the racist establishment is telling us and has told us all along that they are white, and I'm going to read some documentation in just a moment. That they are white, but they're not basing that on genetic scientific information. They're basing it on personal color prejudice. And here's why. Here's why. Listen to this. Those who are small AA, small BB are white. If they marry, get this now. If they marry other whites and migrate to a place where their offspring cannot marry other colors, a pure, in the same sense, white line will result. They have lost the genes which give them the ability to be black. That is to produce a large amount of melanin. Well, if that is if that true, and it is scientifically established to be true, then Adam and Eve, they couldn't possibly have been white. Because if they had been white, they would have no genes to code for dark. Therefore, black people, red people, brown and red, could never have come from Adam and Eve. So that would mean there's got to be another creation somewhere, and we don't have any record of it in the book. Only one creation, and I'm going to take it in a little bit, and, and, and the Lord showed me how to show you from the Scripture how it, it's, an, it's an impossibility that there is another creation. Adam and Eve were the first one, and they were not white. Couldn't have been. Because if they were white, white, they would have no genes for dark melanin. Therefore, no dark or blacks, browns, reds, or yellows could ever come out of them. So tell me where the, us, all of us mongrels come from. Uh, we had to come from somewhere. All right. Now. So you can see how it is easily possible, beginning with two middle brown parents, to get not only all the colors, but also races with permanently different shades of coloring. But what about races which are permanently mid or middle brown, such as we have today? Again, this is easily explained. Line 8, please. Those of small AA, capital BB, or... Capital AA small BB, if they no longer interact with others will be able to produce only mid brown colored offsprings. End of quote from the answers book. Noah, well, no, I'm not end of quote. I gotta go on as another one. Noah and his family were probably mid-brown. With genes for both dark and light skin, I won't need the uh, I won't need the video anymore, fellas. Thank you. Because a medium skin color, wait a minute, let me go. Noah and his family were probably mid ground with genes for both dark and light skin. Because a medium skin color, dark enough to protect against skin cancer, yet light enough to allow vitamin D production, would be the most suitable in the world before the flood it is likely that there were then no harsh extremes of climate as all the factors for skin color were present in adam and eve they would most likely have been mid brown as well now let's go to genesis chapter one I said this last time, but I didn't give you scripture. And I want you to see how this could happen by showing you another illustration of something right in the Bible that can satisfy the statement that I've made that Adam and Eve, based on genetic information would have to have been mid brown they couldn't have been black black and they couldn't have been white white because if they were white white they would have no genetic coding for black and if they were black black they would have no genetic coding for white so the only possible combination would have to be mid brown brown because they carry the genetic coding for snow white and black black the only one so adam and eve could not have been white now where did adam and eve come from well let's let's start with adam because actually eve came out of Adam. but where did adam come from i mean how did he get on the earth What God created him Now we already talked about From the the, the substance that he created him from But the point is God created Adam Adam was not born as a baby And grew up to manhood God created Adam fully developed So if Adam was fully developed So was his genetic structure fully developed. Now, watch this. Chapter 1, Genesis. uh, Well, let's look at verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God did what? The heavens and the earth. Okay? Now watch this, verse 9. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Now, watch this verse 11. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so, and the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. I have a question for you Where does grass come from? Oh, you. You're telling me where it comes from. I said, what does it come from? See. See. Okay, if that's true, it says here that, verse 11, that God said, let the earth bring forth. Verse 1 said that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then in verse 11, it says, God said, let the earth bring forth grass. How can the earth bring forth something that it doesn't have in it. Well, that has to tell us then that when God created the heavens and the earth, God must have put into the earth all of the genetic coding for all of the plants and the trees and all the vegetation so that at a certain time, God could say, come forth, You can't have something come forth that was never there. Now, if God did that for the ground, why could not he have done that with Adam and Eve when he made them just like he made the earth? So I submit to you that when God created Adam, he placed in Adam the genetic coding for all the colors that were going to ultimately come to pass. And so all Adam had to do then was to procreate or come together with Eve, and they would begin the genetic cycle. Because, see, remember, Adam was fully grown. Therefore, everything that Adam had in him, God had to put it in him when he created him. Everything, his brain, his eyes, his cells, his circulatory system, his heart, his lungs, all of his intricate gland, everything had to be in Adam when Adam was created because Adam did not grow. So if there is any such thing as genetics, and we know there is, if there is any such thing as DNA, and we know that there is, God had to put it in Adam when he created it. So that's how the genetic coding was placed in Adam, and therefore, as a result of that, then Adam and Eve had to be mid-brown. They could not have been white. Now watch this. Someone, one of our members, gave me some information that they had retrieved from the internet. And uh, I looked at it, he uh, gave me the information, they gave me the information after, if you remember when we talked about, we talked about uh, Adam and Adam, do you remember, anybody remember that? And I gave you the definition from, from James Strong's concordance of what Adam meant, uh, flushed in the face, ruddy or red. Well, most white theologians will tell you that what that means is that a person is pale white. And then when they blush, the blood rushes to their surface of their skin and they turn rosy. Well, that don't stay that way. That's only when you blush, and You don't be blushing all the time. He, it talks about ruddy. That meant that was a color, a reddish, copper, brown. And, but you see, you can interpret things, and who can say that it's not right? And so for 400 years, the church has been interpreting this thing as that Adam was swiped and rosy face when he flushed or blushed. But he was white, but the genetics don't line up with that. That bird won't fly. No. Now, this person gave me this information that he had retrieved off the Internet. Well, I'm, you know, I'm the person I want to see for myself. And so it was a little bit of information that was not there. And I felt like I couldn't use it because I didn't have the little tack on part. So anyway, last night I went to the Internet and I found the website, and I found this information. And I wanna just briefly give you, because this is a kind of material that's been promulgated down through time. And that's why most white people today, just like most black people today, the white people, the black people, and I'm primarily talking about them, and i told you this before, because in America, that's the real issue. The other people there, so their problems there too, but the big problem in America is the black and white thing. So they've been promulgating this thing about Adam and Eve being white. Now listen to this, uh, and I'm quoting: "Scriptures for America Worldwide is an outreach ministry of the Laporte Church of Christ, directed by Pastor Peter J. Peters, dedicated to proclaiming the true gospel of Jesus the Christ and reveal to Americans and all Western nations." their true biblical identity end of quote did you get did you catch that western nation so the eastern nation don't exist apparently oh you didn't get that oh no you didn't let me let me read that again see that's how stuff has come down to us and been slanted nobody's challenged it. nobody's thought about what was being said listen to this script i quote scriptures for america worldwide it's an outreach ministry of the La Porte Church of Christ, directed by Pastor Peter J. Peters, dedicated to proclaiming the true gospel of Jesus to Christ and reveal to Americans and all Western nations their true biblical identity. So they're telling us they ain't nobody count but the Western folk. So that means all the people in the East they don't exist. That's the implication going on I want to quote uh, this is the 10 page uh, dissertation that was in on the internet and I'm only going to use pages one and two but I, uh, I'm going to tell you let's see if you want to look it up for yourself it would be you can you uh, go to your go to a do your search and find Scriptures for America worldwide that's how I found Scriptures for America world why okay now uh, and i'm quoting uh, frequently asked questions regarding israel identity point three at www.identity.org okay faq dash israel Frequently Asked Questions, Israel Identity. Dot point three at www.identity.org. What is it this now? Quoting Frequently Asked Questions and Answers on Israel Identity, part three of three. Last updated to Continued from FAQ Israel Identity, part two. Under numeral 11, you ready for this? What about, quote, what about Adam and Eve? Were they of the white race or are they the mother and father of all the races? You didn't even get that. What about, about three of you got you did not, You did not even you didn't even get that. You didn't even get the implication. I'm going to read it again. You're going to get this. Quote, what about Adam and Eve? Were they of the white race or are they the mother and father of all the races? Did you get that? See, the implication here is that there are two separate races. The white race and then all the rest of mongrel. That's what the implication is. Did you get that? Listen. What about Adam and Eve? Were they of the white race? Or, or, say or. Or, are they the mother and father of all the races? So see, their implication is, that they're not. They're only the mother and father of the white race. and Not the mother and father of all the rest of the races. You still didn't get it, but that's all right. All right, now, under number, under numeral one, on page one of 10, it says, Adam was white. Skipping down about the middle of that page, and I quote again, Adam was fair and white, which caused the hemoglobin blood to show in his face, making him look ruddy or to give him a flush look. End of quote. Moving down to the very bottom of that page and a part of the second page, it says that Adam and Eve were of the white race with this fair, ruddy or rosy complexion is verified in the Bible by the description of their descendants. But but they don't mean they don't mean the colored descendants, the black brown, red and yellow. They're talking about it's all white. Under Roman uh, under um, numeral two, on page two of ten, I quote: Were they of the white race, or are they the mother and father of all the races? Where does the idea come from that believes Adam and Eve? were the only first two people on God's created earth. Both creationists and evolutionists agree with this false assumption. Both positions are wrong, but their adherents stubbornly cling to this concept as the only possible explanation when the truth lies elsewhere. The hypocrisy of the creationist rejection of evolution should be self-evident When they claim that all men have sprung from a single pair, Adam and Eve, end of quote. Hey, the evolutionists and the creationists didn't say we all sprang from Adam and Eve. The Bible does. But they're claiming, they're claiming that the Bible doesn't. But watch this. Watch this. Okay, go back to Genesis now. Yeah, I got it. Go back to Genesis now. Now, if Adam and Eve were not, say were not, the first man and woman that God created, there should be some bible evidence of now now follow along in chapter 1 verse 26 it said then God said let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them, that is man, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, let's get, let, 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 let's get this straight. Watch this now. Then God said, now this is after all the creation of the fish and the, and the uh, animals, the birds, the fowl, the trees, vegetate, everything. Then it said. Then God said, let us make man. Now, notice it doesn't say, let us make white man, black man, brown man, red man, yellow man. It didn't say, didn't say, let us make Adam. But he said, let us make man. Okay, now follow this, verse 27. So God created man in his own image, in his image, in the image of God. He created him, him refers back to man male and female, he created them. Because, see, females are still man. I'm not talking about lesbians now. I just want to be sure you understand. I'm not talking about lesbians. I'm not talking about homosexuals. Okay, that's another book another chapter another day another time but see here's what i mean it says verse 27 so god created man in his own image he in in his own in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female see male and female is him him is man what man mankind And females are a part of mankind, just like males are a part of mankind. Aren't they? Aren't you? Okay, verse 28. Then God blessed them. Them what? Them male, female, man. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Verse twenty nine. Then God said, "I have given you." Obviously, now you refers back to them, refers back to him, refers back to mankind. Are you still following? Okay, now verse twenty nine. And God said, "See, I have given them, given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose You'll see, to you it shall be for food. I go to the second chapter, verse seven, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Now, see chapter one of Genesis. Here's something you need to understand: chapter one of Genesis tells you what God did. Chapter two tells you how God did it. Chapter one tells you the events. Chapter 2 tells you the striking order of events. Got to get that. That's why it looks like it's telling almost the same story, but it's not quite telling the same story. See, chapter 1 tells you what God did. Chapter 2 tells you how he did it. Okay? In other words, it's like chapter 1 is a skeleton. Chapter 2 has some meat on the bones. All right? Verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, And breathe into his nostrils. Now remember, verse 7 of chapter 2, where it says God formed man. Go back to chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make what? So can you agree that we're talking about the same man? I mean, that this is talking about the same man, is that reasonable? Or am I stretching it? Huh? Okay, all right. Verse 7, chapter 2. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Traditional King James says, So. Verse 8 The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had for. Now, man in verse 8 is the same man in verse 7, is the same man in verse 26 in chapter 1. Can you see that? Can you see that? This is important. Can you see that? All right. Now, verse 15 of chapter 2. Then the Lord God took the man, say man, and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, say man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat from it, for in the day that you eat, it, eat of it you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him, that is man, a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam. Now the word Adam also means mankind. See, you are considered a female, but you are Adam. You are considered a male, but you are Adam. Adam is different from lion, tiger, dog, cat, fish, and bird. Mankind is Adam or Adam. We've always usually just put that with just the man himself, the male man, not the one that delivers the male, but the male man. <laughs> The M-A-L-E, not the M-A-I-L, man. Okay? All right, watch this now. All right, verse 19. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam or to the man to see what he would call them and whatever Adam, the man, called each living creature that was his name. So Adam gave name to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper, comparable to him now to show you that Adam is the same man in verse 26 of chapter 1 go right back to verse 18 and it says "And the Lord God said it is not good that the man should be alone I will make him a helper comparable to him verse 20 so Adam gave names to all the cattle to the birds of the air and to every beast of the field but for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him Same words, helper, and it said man, and it said Adam. So Adam is the man, and the man is Adam. Come on, can you see that? All right, verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, the man, and he slept, and he took one of his, that is Adam, the man's rib, closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, or Adam, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man, Adam. And there it is right there, verse 23. And Adam said, look at it. Look at the last part of verse 21. of verse 22, I'm sorry. Look at verse 22. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, or from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man, verse 23 says, and Adam said. So Adam and the man are the same. And we know that the woman was named Eve. So we have followed God from the very inception of him creating man. And the only one he created was Adam and Eve. So Adam and Eve have to be the mother of all the races. So Adam and Eve could not have been white. They had to be mid-brown. Now, the racist will jump in my chest right now, knock me down on the ground, and say to me, yes, Brother Price, that may be true, but you must remember that God cursed Ham, and his curse was blackness. That's what they've been teaching for 400 years in this country, in a church. That the black color is a result of the curse on ham. And so Adam and Eve are still white. Because ham's color didn't come from genetics, it came from the curse. Well, number one, you can't find the scripture in the Bible, I'll eat the scripture, on nationwide television publicly without salt, if you show me a scripture where it says, God cursed ham black. Show me a scripture that says, God cursed ham black. I'll eat the scripture, the page that it's on, without salt publicly. It's not in the book. God never cursed ham. Watch this Noah did. But Noah is not God. And don't tell me that God is going to take a man who probably was still suffering from a hangover because he was drunk. And if that's going to stick throughout all eternity because he said it, the word of a man that just got off a trunk. Now, now. Beside that, I have another question for the racists. If God cursed Ham and the curse was black so that all of his children had to come out black, then I want to know what shade of black. Watch this now. Watch this now. And I don't think these gentlemen will mind. Can you put your Bibles down? Now you're going to be on Nationwide Television. You have a problem with this? Okay, come on up here. Come on up here. Come on up here. Turn around and face. Get, to, get get over there where you can get him on camera. You, you stand over here. You stand. Come this way. Come this way. Come this way. Now, get the camera right in his face. The one that, right as close as you can get him up. Now, this man is considered by this society as a black man. Put the camera on this man. This man is considered by our society as a black man. Now, you got to be deaf, dumb, blind, and dishonest not to see that there be a difference between them two. Now, I'm considered as a black man and put me right in the middle and we got three different colors of black. (laughs) Now, what I want to know, what I want to know is how or which color was Ham cursed? This color black? This color black? Or this color black? Thank you. Now, watch this. Watch this. Get over here again. If this color black is the color that Ham was cursed, then that means that Every cursed black person has to be his color. If Ham was cursed this color black, then every one of his children and all of his children's children would have to be this color black. If Ham was cursed my color black, then all of his descendants would have to be my color. And if the color was a curse, then I don't care if he married a snow white without the seven dwarfs. His children are still going to have to come out black because black is a curse. Oh, you didn't get that. See, the color could never change. Because genetics is not what it's about. It's about the curse. So if you curse black, then every single child has got to be the same color as the person that was cursed in the first place or else the curse has changed. Well, we know that that ain't true. If you take a person the color of that man right there and he marries a white person that's snow white from Scandinavia, their kids are not, their kids will come out all kind of colors. And if those kids marry other kids of their color, they'll be a lighter color than that. So if the curse was black, then the black can't ever go away because it's a curse. Beside all of that, my Bible tells me in Galatians chapter 3 and verses 14, I think in 15 or 13 and 14, it says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. Okay, so hey, hey, if if I'm redeemed from the curse, and listen, the book, that talks about Noah is in the ninth chapter of Genesis. And the book of Genesis is in what's called the law. The first five books known as the Pentateuch is called the law. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. So if I'm redeemed from the curse through Christ, then the black ought to leave and ought to be white. you can't be that dumb you can't be that stupid the white race can't be that stupid neither can the black race you've been believing that lie both white people and black people have been believing that lie it is a lie came right out of hell and that's where it's got to go back to hell not as black people an afterthought of God we are in the equation we are in the genes we are in the DNA we were in Adam and Eve now If you think about it, most of the world's population today is still mid-brown in color. There are more mid-brown people than there are white people on this planet. After the flood for the few centuries, until Babel, there was only one language and one culture group. Thus, there were no barriers to marriage within this group. And I am out of time. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please feel free to comment and share. And if you feel led to give a donation, I gratefully appreciate your support. And I leave you with this word from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Enough said.